G'day and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Message podcast and today it's really exciting we're wrapping up the five-part series of figuring your faith out. This whole goal of the podcast is to help you leverage the 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith. While we hope that this podcast has helped you to figure your faith out, maybe it's just taking you one step further in your faith to understand what it looks like to live out this Christian faith. And so today, we're going to be talking about pivotal circumstances in our lives. We really hope you enjoy this podcast and we'll see you at the end. To give you the best possible chance at asking God to show his hand in your circumstances, Today, we're going to ask four questions of our four Monday so that you can crush this week. And today, I'm joined by Chris Podlick, one of our communicators at Beyond, who gave us part five of Figuring Faith Out. Um, and he's here today to record the podcast with us. How are you going, Chris? Man, I'm a little bit cold. It's Queensland has kind of hit a bit of a cold snap the last couple of days. Is it under 20? Because that is the Queensland version of cold. Is, that, that, is it that's under? A, that's a great question. Let me pull my... No, it's 21, according it's 21. to the weather I'm, I'm feeling cold this morning. Do you know, there's only about two times a year in which I'll go for a run with a jumper on. Um, it's just not something that's in Queensland. And no. this morning was that one. You go outside with a jumper on and keep it on the whole time. Yeah, well, I think this morning was single digits, I'm pretty sure, which is freezing according to Queensland standards, you know? Was it single digits? I thought this morning, yeah, like 7 a.m., 6, 7 a.m., it was about 9 degrees. There you go. Because, like, I think, well, I don't know exactly where you were in America, somewhere, was it Nebraska? Yeah, yeah. That gets pretty cold, right, when you live there? Yeah, so the coldest day I ever had over there, I think it was about, like, negative 40 with wind chill. And so wow. when, you, when you would breathe in, this is it's a bad image, but like when you would breathe in the hair on the inside of your nostrils, you could feel it freezing and then you would breathe out and it would melt. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. I was going to like, I haven't been that cold, but I used to live in a place that was, it got down to, you know, like in the negatives um, hmm. overnight in the morning. But even now, like, even though I've been through that experience, 20 degrees is still cold for Queensland. Like I still find it really chilly. Yeah. You, you acclimatize really quickly. I remember yeah. like, when it was coming out of winter over there, like it'd be seven degrees uh, and we'd be outside like in shorts and a t-shirt, like having a great time. That's crazy. Uh, not anymore. Not anymore, but it looks like you've got plenty of jumpers. And the only reason I say that is, Chris, you look like you're in your walk-in wardrobe closet. Um, can you just describe what this setup is? Because I have I reckon since um, coronavirus, I don't know how many Zoom calls we've been on together. I'm going to say it's mm. above 50, but under 100. I think that's just my, is it? Is it that many? I don't know. It's probably, it's at least above 30. Um, yep. But I've never seen you in this room of your house. Can you just explain what's going on this time around? Yeah. So for everyone listening, uh, there's another podcast that uh, that I have the pleasure of being on Aussie church leaders podcast shout out that um with uh someone else who's on often a guest on this podcast riley brown and riley uh, brown. and we were recording some episodes on the weekend and 
the uh, internet connection just at the front of my house was skitzing out with Zoom. And so I was like, oh, where am I going to go? Because uh, Emma's home and she was getting ready for lunch. So she was making noise. And I was like, you know what? I reckon my walk-in robe would be pretty quiet. And it's down the end of the house near the internet router. And um, afterwards, I just kind of was doing the editing for the podcast. And I was like, this, like the, the clothes just dampen a lot of the reverberation and the echo noise. So I was like, you know what? I'll just record podcasts in my walk-in robe from now on. So, wow, there you go. I'm glad you know all those great audio term, um, terms. I'm currently sitting in my regular bedroom and my housemates are making dinner and watching The Office and I can hear all of it, all the echoes, all the reverberations. But as long as it doesn't show in the podcast, that's okay. Yep. Um, but today it's actually really cool because we're talking about our last part of this Figuring Faith Out series and we're talking about pivotal circumstances. Now, the other ones, you know, practical ministry, or sorry, personal ministry, um, all the disciplines, they're kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. You understand what they are by just kind of hearing the name. But pivotal yeah. circumstances, it feels a bit different to the others. Um, would you mind just explaining it really quickly so that we can all kind of get on mm. the same page as to what no, that is? Yeah, so pivotal um, circumstances, really, you can boil it down to pivotal circumstances are those defining moments in your life. And, and they can be defining moments that were positive or negative. So it could be something like uh, getting married or getting divorced or having children. Uh, could be making a transition from primary school to high school. It could be go- going through a really uh, challenging breakup. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things. It could be when someone got diagnosed uh, with, with cancer or with something like that. So there's a whole bunch of things, but they're just kind of those moments in life that when you experience them, you're like, man, this is, this is going to define something or this is going to change something about who I am uh, moving forward. And so you can't really, you can't program them. You can't plan for them. Uh, they just kind of happen as part of life. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think it leads us really well into kind of our four questions for the four Monday. And you did mention those positive kind of circumstances, but also negative. And I just want to focus in on the negative to start. Um, with our first question and it's this does god enjoy taking us to our breaking point through hard times yeah that's a good that's a good question Uh, i think if you look through uh, the entirety of scripture like one name that comes to mind pretty quickly of someone like job um and and job was someone who uh god gave him some definitely some very pivotal circumstances in his life and use, use them to, um, to grow his faith. I think one of the challenges with answering this question is, is for a lot of us, we have this idea in our minds that's of God that perhaps has some roots in something that isn't um, something that Jesus ever taught, which is kind of the idea that like, well, if bad things are happening to me or if things are not going the way that I wanted them to go, then God must be angry at me mm. or God must be disappointed in me or I did something wrong. Um, but if things are going really well, then God's happy with me. Life is going well. And that's, that's actually karma. That's not Christianity at all. Um, and karma is almost this, this notion to some extent when applied to Christianity um, that God is like concerned with my happiness that, Oh, Hey, if I'm, if I do really good things, then God will make me happy because God wants me to be happy. But the reality is when we, when we open scripture, um, it seems that God actually prioritizes our holiness more than our happiness. And what I mean by that is like holiness is this word that like, 
half the time, like we say it, and we don't, we're not really sure what it means. All that holy means is to be set apart for a purpose. And so what God is more concerned about is that our lives are set apart and they're set apart for his glory and for his purposes, uh, as opposed to being set apart for our own happiness. I mean, Jesus says that anyone who wants to follow me must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Um, which is essentially saying like, Hey, anyone who wants to follow me is to set their life apart for my, um, purposes. And so, uh, I don't think God enjoys pushing us to our limits, but I think that God works through circumstances to continually bring us into a part, a place of being set apart for his purposes, the purposes that he has for our life. It's really interesting. I know that part of my faith journey is realizing that God is good all the time, even when, you know, my happiness fluctuates, you know, some days are really good and really bad, but at the end of the day, God is still there for us. And, uh, you know, I've learned that while he uses those hard times to, to shape us and to, um, refine us, he probably doesn't, you know, enjoy us just watching us suffer. I think he actually gets a lot of delight in seeing the fruit of that and seeing it it go really well because we just get to be, um, I'm going to say better, better followers of him, which is, I think his goal for us, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it leads us really well into question two um, because for some of us, we, we don't see God in our hard times. You know, we see, we can identify the good times and say, yeah, God's so in that. But when we go through the bad times, we, we don't see God. And so question two, what prevents us from seeing God's hand in our circumstances? Yeah. And speaking from like um, just, just a personal experience on this, I think the times that, that I've faced what I would say are are defining moments and pivotal moments. And um, I won't share what those are, not because I'm uh, embarrassed or ashamed by them, but simply because I think when we start to share moments like that, there's this tendency for someone else to kind of, particularly in Australia, be like, Oh, well I had it harder and I had it tougher. (laughs) And the purpose of having a defining moment is not that you had the hardest or the toughest, um, but it's that it shaped your faith journey. So for me, when I've been through defining moments, one of the things that's prevented me from seeing God's hand in them is my perspective. And Mm. I think there's this tendency to sort of almost kind of like that karmic idea that we see what occurs in our life as a direct kind of correlation to our relationship with God. Like if things are going well, our relationship with God is going awesome. If things are not going great, well, there must be something up um, with our relationship um, with God or things in our life kind of mirror our relationship um, with God or if bad things happen, God has abandoned us. Uh, and so for me, the thing that's been most helpful is to actually shift my perspective and say, Hey, just because things that I don't think are great are happening to me, doesn't mean that God has abandoned me. I mean, Mm. if you look at the center of our faith, it's about God, you know, Jesus died on the cross, let the worst possible thing happen to the best possible person. Yet God was, God never left Christ. Like God never left Jesus. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Do you have people, I mean, you mentioned you're, you're not going to share those experiences, but do you have people in your life that are aware of what's going on that you can actually trust to, um, you know, to say, Hey, I don't know if I'm seeing God here. Like God, I don't know if God is in this moment, you know, there are people in your life, which you can talk really vulnerably and open about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think like one, one, uh, moment in particular, defining moment in particular, in particular, I, um, like my wife was someone who I was like walking through, 
um, and sharing kind of this particular thing that I was really struggling with in the midst of it. And, um, and yeah, we, we kind of had this conversation about, um, I remember we were sitting on the beach at, uh, at, at Margate and we were kind of talking about just shifting the perspective and shifting kind of how I viewed God in the, in the middle of it. And I think this is a theme like that we see through scripture as well. Like, um, you know, in Deuteronomy 31, there's, you know, the Israelites have just kind of been through this, this massive, massive moment in their history as a nation where they've, escape slavery um they've been all the way to the promised land and then their their hero their leader moses um dies and joshua actually takes the reins and, and joshua is kind of like well where is god in the midst of this because now i've got this like seemingly impossible task in front of me i don't know how i'm going to navigate it and uh and what god says in the middle of it it says so be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not panic before them. In other words, I don't panic in front of the people for the Lord, your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you um, nor abandon you. And that's echoed in the, the words of um, the author of Hebrews, Hebrews 13, five as well. And I think for me is this perspective of, is that like what's happening to me right now is not the end of the story. Mm. Like I can think sometimes that, Oh, what's happening to my circumstances right now is the end of the story and I'll panic and I'll freak out but the reality is God's already gone before me. God knows the end from the beginning. And so I want to use this moment to kind of grow my trust and to grow my faith in God that it's actually, that there's, there's an end coming and it's not right now though. Yeah. So I hear you saying that like, we are the ones that are preventing ourselves from, from seeing God in our circumstances. Um, Cause he makes it pretty clear that he's there. There's no doubt that he's actually wanting to be a part of our life, that he, he wants to know what's going on. He wants to guide us um, through the bad times, you know, so that we can learn and grow. Um, but further really on that point for leading into question number three, how do I know that God is in my circumstances? I know it's one thing we love to talk about Christian uh, in Christianity is like, Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, God is for you. You know, he loves, you know, he wants the best for you, but where does that come from? How do we actually know that? Because we don't want to just kind of give you, coffee cup mm-hmm. theology and what i mean by that is we have things that we know you know these nice little verses we put on coffee mugs and and we go wow isn't isn't jesus great um meanwhile you've gone through a divorce or you have lost your job or something really terrible so moving on from like a coffee cup theology into something deeper how do we actually know that god is in our circumstances chris yeah and this is this is something we spoke about or we touched on in part one, like talking about, you know, like what faith is and the idea that it's a tr- it's trust and it's um, like, it's, a, it, it's this idea of trust. Um, and rather than I'll point to one specific verse, but I think if you look at scripture as a whole, this redemptive narrative of scripture as a whole, all throughout the old Testament, you see a God who constantly says to this, the nation of Israel, like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to go away. Like you can't do anything to get rid of me. I'm here for you. And constantly time after time, we'd see the nation of Israel like walking away, walking away, walking away and God not changing the entire time saying, Hey, I'm, I haven't gone anywhere. Like I just need you to come back because I haven't left. And we see this in the life of Jesus as well. One example that springs to mind is, is Jesus' interaction with Peter where he's like, Hey Pete, you're going to deny me three times. And then Peter does that in Jesus' hour of most desperate need. And yet Jesus doesn't 
get mad. He doesn't turn his back on Peter. He says, Hey Peter, I'm, I'm here for you. And um, <clears throat> so I think that we, we have to trust God's character in, in the way that he's revealed himself in history. Mm. Um, and all, all throughout history, God has demonstrated through the scriptures as someone who can be faithful. And so how do you know God is in your circumstances? If you're a Jesus follower, well, God has said that he's not going to leave you. God has said that he's not going to forsake you. God has made those promises and God isn't someone who breaks his promises. Um, but there's a verse. If you're looking for a verse to kind of cling to that, I would recommend like Romans eight, um, 11, which says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you which I think sometimes we can kind of glaze over this, like, well, is God with me? And it's like, well, if you're a Jesus follower, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And this Holy Spirit that lives in you is the same Holy Spirit that kind of breathed life into the dead body of Jesus that rose him and, and performed the greatest miracle yeah, wow. that the world has ever seen. And it says, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies um, by, by this same way. And so, how do I know if God is in my circumstances? Well, if you're a Jesus follower, he's breathed, like you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Yeah, wow. I would say that's incredible because God is so consistent. And if it's anything I know about myself, I'm, I would consider myself the opposite of consistent. And I think if, I, if I'm putting my, my worth and my value and my kind of my mood and all sorts of things in my own consistency, of course, it's going to go up and down. And, and by that, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have good days and bad days. Um, but further to that, I'm actually going to have days where I feel great and I feel called, but I'm going to have days where I feel just useless. And when that, when I'm in those periods where I'm feeling that, like that's nothing. But when you're saying that God is actually so consistent, not just in your own life, but you're looking at this narrative that expands over what, 4,000 years or something like that, mm, Chris, is it? Mm. Yeah, a couple of thousand years, yeah you go, okay, that's probably something to God. There's probably, you know, there's a consistency that we can, um, that we can lean into, which is just great. Um, again, we're going to look at our last question today, our fourth question of the full Monday. And, um, it's this, what is, what is God trying to teach us through these pivotal circumstances? Um, what is he trying to teach us through the hard times or even the good times? What's the lesson that we can learn through, through all this? Yeah. And again, I don't want this to sound like I'm ducking the question because I'm most certainly not ducking the question, but the full Monday, you know, was to kind of ask God to show himself in your circumstances. And I think that's the big thing is that, well, what's God trying to teach, teach us as well. God's trying to probably, God's trying to teach each of us who are Jesus followers to be more like Jesus. And so this kind of differs from person to person, but, but I'll throw out some ideas of maybe things and, and maybe you can see um, if you're going through a defining moment or maybe you're reflecting on one as we're discussing this and maybe you can think to yourself, oh, do these hit the mark or maybe not? Maybe what God's inviting uh, or trying to teach you is to like invite him in. Maybe the reason you went through a defining moment is because there's a particular area of your life or maybe a particular relationship that you didn't, want God to be a part of you wanted to hold on to yourself. And so that relationship broke down or some things that you kind of um, decisions you'd made of the dark kind of came to light. And so yeah, uh, what, maybe what God would that sort look of like though, Chris, like what would it look like to actually invite God in? Is that a, is that a thing in prayer? Is that a thing that we do, you know, through our Bible? What, what does that look like? 
to be honest, sometimes it's far more practical than that. You know, sometimes it has to do with, uh, just the way in which we live out, like, let's say you're in a, uh, let's just say, uh, in a relationship, you know, you need to forgive someone and you just say, no, I'm not going to do that. And you know, cause you've read your Bible and you've prayed about it. You know, that forgiveness is what Jesus actually requires, but you just are refusing to let you're refusing to let go. So maybe God's just saying, Hey, in order to invite me and in, you actually need to forgive this person just as I've forgiven you. So I think when we talk about inviting people in, uh, inviting Jesus in to those areas of our life, oftentimes we can hyper spiritualize that and be like, Oh, just yeah. read your Bible or pray about it. Usually it's far more practical. Like just do what you already know. Yeah, just God wants you it. to do. That's good. That's I like that because the purpose of this podcast, right? Is practical application of faith and yeah. practical application requires exactly that a practical application to your life. Like, we, we know that when we invite Jesus into our life, we're going to get better. Like mm. that's, that's the fruit. That's, that's the natural kind of consequence, if you want to call it, of, of inviting Jesus into your life and applying his truth is that you're going to get better. Um, and yep. so it's, yeah, it's not this spiritual, it is spirit, very spiritual itself, but it's not this. Um, it's not this, ambiguous. It's yeah. very kind of like when you invite Jesus in, it could be in the area of your finances and Jesus says, Hey, you know, like, are you kind of giving, saving, living? Are you kind of <laughs> yeah, not God's living like, off the top? Do you need a Stan, a Netflix, a Google Plus, and an Amazon Prime account? Do you really need that? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's all those there's all those things. Yeah, sometimes yeah, it's it's super practical. Often ways to in, we invite him in. Um, maybe something else God's trying to teach you. And I said I had a few thoughts. Would be that like you're not alone. Uh, maybe one of the reasons that you're have are going through or in the middle of these defining moments is simply because uh, you just think that you're an Island and we know, you know, no person is an Island. You just think, Hey, I've got to navigate this on my own. I can't show weakness. I can't show vulnerability. I just don't talk about feelings. I just don't do that. And maybe what God's trying to show you is actually uh, you're not alone, but you just need to invite others in. You just need to kind of get a community around you. You need to realize that you, you're not supposed to have all the answers. Hmm. Um, maybe another thing that God's just trying to get you is just to simply depend on him a little bit more kind of goes off that one I just said before, but, but just to kind of rely on lean on him uh, a little bit, a little bit more, uh, or maybe uh, God's using this time, maybe to rip down some of the, the idols or some of the, the things that you had in your life that were taking God's place. That's really interesting. I, I think of, um, this kind of coronavirus time. And from what I understand, we're moving out of it. Um, we're, we're slowly moving uh, in back into regular life. But I think it's shown us that we rely on things other than, than Jesus. Um, that when all these things are stripped back, that we, we actually don't know how to function. Uh, what would you say to someone, Chris, you know, who's, who is going through a hard time right now, you know, in this pandemic, mm. Um, what is it? Yeah. What, what are these idols? Like, what is it? What is God maybe trying to do to us collectively as a church through, through the coronavirus, but also individually as, as followers of Jesus? I think one of the, one of the things that I've probably just been observing that, that God's speaking to, to beyond as a, as a local church, but I think also to Jesus followers as a whole across the globe is that 
we we do allow the noise of the world a lot of the time to crowd out the most important things um, that God has for us. And all of a sudden, when all the noise of life is stripped away, we're forced to really sit and deal with some of those issues that maybe we knew were bubbling under the surface, but we didn't want to address. And so I think God's kind of forcing us to, to actually say, Hey, what's, how's, how is the condition of your heart? How is the condition of, of your soul? Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter where your kids go to school or how much money you got in your bank account or how many TikTok followers you have. Like what's most important is, is the condition of your soul. So that like, that's great. I love that so much. Would you say that is the underlying message of hard times? Like, is that, is that the, the one thing that, that God is really trying to teach us through all hard times? Um, or is that kind of a, for a specific time and place, you know, does that apply to the divorce, to the, the breakup, to the, uh, yeah, financial? No, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. I think, yeah. um, God is far too big, uh, to be able to just be kind of defined like that. But I, I that's just my observation in terms of yeah. what I've seen with the coronavirus in on a very general level. Um, yeah. What's, what's been happening. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's just, it is good. I think the, the probably important takeaway there is that God is trying to teach us stuff through the hard times. Um, I would say he's not like a lecturer, like he's not there kind of sitting over your shoulder trying to like, you know, feed you information. He's actually mm. wanting you to sit down and reflect and, and meet him and, and, you know, and just come to him and say, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know what's going on. God help me. And he's like, yeah, this is where I want to help you. Um, not necessarily in that kind of lecture style, you know, here, I told you so, you know, this kind of, um, attitude from God. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I hope, I hope that's, um, adding some value to, to people today as we, as we try and navigate these, these really interesting, hard, or sometimes great circumstances that we find ourselves in. Chris, is there anything else um, that you'd like to add on to, to really help our listeners for this week? No, to be honest, I think you've covered it all, Locke. Good questions. I think you covered it all, Chris. I, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed the, enjoyed the ride. I'm just, I'm a bit, I'm a bit distracted by the shirts hanging. You've got a, a nice collection going on there in the background. Are they yours? Is that yours or Emma's? I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm not, no, I, that's... I can't see them too well. No, that's mine. Emma's Emma's is behind the uh, behind the laptop. How, what's yeah. the ratio of clothes in this? Is it? Uh, she Emma probably has this amount of space plus some more. So like, yeah, okay, yeah, a fair bit more. Yeah, that's all right. But you you definitely yeah. um, take the take the cake. Oh, I, my you know, my clothes like live in another in another like. Oh, there room. you go. Yeah, not all of them, you know, but like Emma definitely has more closet space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, it is a great studio. I'm liking this. Uh, liking just, this just sorry, just in case anyone thinks I'm having a dig, like it's it's simply because like Emma has like work clothes and then normal clothes as well. Yep. And because for my like I'm a you know I'm a pastor. Like my my clothes like I, that I wear to beyond stuff are just I just wear them normally. So I have a much smaller smaller. But group of clothes because yeah. yeah I don't I don't need to wear a uniform or anything. That's fair enough. That's I just want to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on again. 
Um, we are back again next week with a brand new series. Any, any kind of teaser for that one for, uh, for everyone out there before we launch into part one next week? Um, oh, actually, next week is a special one off. We're celebrating our fifth birthday. How incredible. Five. Yeah. Five. So we are going to have a party on the podcast. We are. I'm so excited for the podcast party. Five years old. I don't know. It's, yeah, five, because five year olds don't seem that old. Like, I don't know if you know any five year old children. They don't seem that old, but for, you know, it's a, it's a, it feels like a great milestone for the church. It feels. It's, it's worth celebrating. And, um, and I know I just threw on you that we were going to have a podcast party. You did. So you and I will have to figure out how we have a podcast party. We're going to talk about that right after this. <laughs> but that's all from today. Um, super thankful for you, Chris, for coming on for, to really wrap up this Figuring Faith Out series. But thank you for everyone for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you for the podcast party next week. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in to Beyond the Message this week. And for the whole series, uh, we've got an exciting future ahead of us with this podcast. We're celebrating Beyond's fifth birthday next week. So we've got a special one-off podcast to celebrate that, to talk all about how Beyond does church and why it's different to other churches maybe. But apart from that, we're so thankful that you would join in, listening to this podcast, share it with a friend, like, comment, subscribe, share it, get around it. We really appreciate it and we'll see you later.